Hello and welcome to the Queer and Clear podcast. I'm your host, Catherine Rollins, and this is a series of interviews where we talk to people about their sexuality and their spirituality and where the two meet. Hello, Eva. Hello, hello. <laughs> welcome to the podcast. It's an honor to have you here today. Excited to be here. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's it's been all very exciting so far. Um, these interviews have proven to be really interesting and I'm really excited to have you here today because I feel like, well, I mean, we've been in very similar circles for a while now and <clears throat> have had a pretty similar sort of coming out journey, I would say, and a lot of chats about that. So for those listening, um, Eva and I met through wild grace so we met at a training earlier this year in bali february 2020 hello um <clears throat> back when we could go out of australia back when travel was a thing yeah. back when travel <laughs> was a thing it seems like years ago um but yeah we met at a training that i was leading and um yeah connected a little bit afterwards and have just been friends since anyway I'll let Eva introduce herself. So Eva, do you want to tell us a little bit about yourself and what you do and who you are, whatever comes to mind? So what do I want to start with? Hmm. I am Eva. I am a very multifaceted being. I love to dip my toe in different kind of things and different aspects of self and play around with that Hmm. and yeah, I've really found my passion work in being an intuitive guide and I do energy healing and I run different kinds of events for people like courses and circles and workshops, retreats, things like that. Mm. And kind of just playing with whatever is alive for me. But I feel like I kind of always come back to the same kind of threads of just like guiding people into coming back to themselves and seeing themselves as their best healer, their best guide, their best teacher, Mm. and like constantly turning people to that direction and giving them the tools to be able to self-heal. Beautiful. Yeah, I'd say Eva and I have pretty similar lines of work. We both love to help people come into the fullness of themselves and their self-expression. So on that note, the fullness of self and self-expression, if you're open to it, I would love to hear a bit about your queer journey. Yeah. So my first intimate experience ever was actually with um, a girl who we were like seven years old. We were best friends and we were at her house and we hid behind the curtains and we were playing a game and we were playing that we were making babies and (laughs) we're really, really in it. And it was like a very like serious thing being like, we are making babies. This is no, no joke. Um, and then after that, I just had so much shame surrounding my sexuality being like, what, what was I doing? This is a girl. That's not okay. And, um, yeah, I grew up in Catholic schooling. So it was very drilled into me being like, that is not okay. Um, homosexuality is bad. It is sinful. It is wrong. And her family was very religious. My family, not so much, but yeah, I definitely picked up all of those kinds of beliefs and teachings. So it really influenced mm-hmm. my life. And from there on, I had so, so many girl crushes and just never pursued it because it was never shown to me that that could be okay. Mm-hmm. 
Mm. So it wasn't until I kind of got into high school and the girl crashes got a lot more serious and I had my first boyfriend, but the entire time I was with him, I was crushing on this woman. Um, and, you know, me and her used to always joke about like making out at parties and then it never happened because I'd be too shit scared. Mm. So it was only up until two years ago that I had my first, um, I guess, experience with being intimate with a woman. Mm. And that was in uh, like a three-way relationship. So I was actually dating her and a man. And that's kind of how things have been for me. It's like being this kind of safety net of like, oh, there's a man here. So I can appear to be heteronormative. Um, but really it's like, I'd be, I guess, a lot more invested in <laughs> the female as opposed to the male. And um, yeah, for so long, I've just been dating men continuously. And I guess it's been drilled in my head of being like, oh, you just haven't found the right man yet. And one day you're going to find the right man and he's going to, you know, feel everything that you feel like you're kind of missing. And honestly, it was only just a few weeks ago that it's kind of like clicked for me of being mm. like, wow, I think I've just been running off this internalized homophobia for so long and mm. have been just working through all of these conditioned beliefs and patterns and, um, yeah, just kind of finding my way, I guess, with my sexuality now. And I feel like there is so much fluidity and I, I love people like for who they are, no matter how they identify and what their gender is. Um, but yeah, it's, it's been very interesting to kind of see how things are shifting in my world. And I'm now, um, have been like being a woman, which is like my first time officially dating just mm. a woman and not also her male partner. Yay. Um, so <laughs> that's really fun. It's really fun to give myself that space to nestle into it without mm. the shame really. Yeah. yeah. And, and how is it feeling like compared I mean, like we don't need to compare specific partners or anything, but um, how does Very it feel? Genitalia. <laughs> how does it feel to be dating just a woman compared to when you've been dating just men? Well, I feel like naturally there are like a lot of kind of differences in like behavior and patterns and things like that. And just, it feels like a general different feeling. And that's not to say something's better or worse, but it's just different. So I'm letting myself like fully jump into that mm -hmm. and to explore the beauty, which is in that. And yeah, it's just kind of this, this softness that I've been missing and this like deep mm -hmm. intimacy. And um, I feel like I naturally have such a strong heart connection with um, women where you know i definitely do with men but there's just a there's just a difference and like i said it's mm. not better or worse but um yeah it's just been really fun to kind of explore how it's differing from you know relationships i've had with men mm. yeah mm. so um Mm -hmm. So many directions I want to go in at once. <laughs> well, um, I can see your brain like this mind map. Like. <laughs> <laughs> this is the thing. People say such fascinating, like 
complex things and I'm like wow this 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 <laughs> all so exciting um let's go to the spiritual aspect of things how hmm. what role would you say that spirituality has played in the development <clears throat> of your sexuality so yeah I went from kind of having a very um catholic upbringing which wasn't uh supportive of me whatsoever and even though I was never um like baptized or anything like that I still picked up all of the same kind of beliefs and I really was invested in um those religious beliefs because I wanted to fit in more so it's like I wanted to fit in with my friends so I would go to church with their families every Sunday and um yeah, it very much kind of like imprinted this belief in me of being like, this is wrong, this is not okay. Mm. And then um, it wasn't really until I started to get into um, tantric circles and um, explore like workshops and retreats and things like that, where I was really given this open space to explore connections with all people. Mm. But it was still very kind of, imprinting this heteronormative belief on me in being like oh the divine masculine and the divine feminine and like that is divine union and even though they're like yes we're so supportive of everyone and inclusive of everyone um sometimes it wasn't always the case it would be like okay man and woman are going to partner up now and do these practices mm-hmm. and there wasn't the kind of space for me to do it with women a lot of the time and um you know using terms like masculine and feminine energy they would always swap it out for being like men and women and i know that's not the case for a lot of people and people are very mindful of their language but it did still kind of like imprint this belief in me subconsciously mm-hmm. in being like well this is the appropriate way to be and i can maybe explore and experiment with you know women but this is this is kind of how it's been set to me like a normal um, conscious divine union will be yeah 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 that's i've said this in in some of the interviews already but like i've definitely felt that sort of creeping narrative as well in certain tantric workshops and things where yeah there's just that still that undercurrent of like oh it should be a man and a woman that's what makes sense you know and i, I guess unless you are a teacher who has yeah, an appreciation for queer rights and, you know, like the queer experience, um, then I guess it's just for most people, I'd say it's just them going with what they know and then, you know, yeah, totally. imprinting their own preferences onto what they're teaching, which I totally get. And at the same time, um, yeah, I'm also really loving and appreciating this expansion beyond that and feeling not just my own, like, you know, oh, I know that this is okay, like really having to kind of like fight for that in my own system, but also feeling that support from others. And I, I know you and I have had a similar experience with a mutual friend of ours who really just kind of helped us both <laughs> get over the line. <laughs> she helped us realize all the years we were taking ourselves to spiritual gay camp being like, no, yes. I'm, I'm not gay. Yeah, yeah. And I am going to interview Erica, but... Um, <laughs> I was just curious, like, um, yeah, your experience of that and uh, this this idea of, like, 
like reinforcing that that narrative on yourself um of even when you you feel like oh i i know you've said to me before like oh i think i prefer being with women and then like you know dated a man again and yeah I, i'm just curious about like your experience of of that internal reinforcement of that narrative yeah i think it's just um i guess a constant battle of like following like what i really want to explore and what like um a real desire is there but then also being like okay so i think the most like thing there at the forefront is kind of this belief that I need to end up with a man because he will provide me with babies and Mm. have the family life that I've desired. Mm -hmm. And unconsciously I've been choosing men and I've been choosing men who I would think would um, make a good father or Mm. they have already been fathers and they have children. And it's Mm -hmm. like, I've seen like, you know, firsthand that they are beautiful dads Mm. and yeah, it wasn't until recently, um, you know, especially seeing Rosie Reese and her partner being very open about their process in wanting to have a child together. I was like, wow, fuck, like I can do that. Like I can mm. totally have that with a woman and it doesn't have to be hard and it doesn't have to be this big expensive process. Like it can be easeful and it can be beautiful and be everything that I've wanted. And mm. it really challenged this narrative for me in being Mm. like, okay, well, now I can like fully choose to be with a woman if I want to and have the life that I desire and it doesn't actually have to be any different. Mm. And now that I'm fully like seeing that, it's just like giving me so much more freedom and peace of mind in being like, yeah, it doesn't matter and I don't have to let these kind of things come into play with who I choose to relate with. Mm. Very good. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, I've I've experienced similar things and um, yeah, it's so fascinating to me. I I don't know if it's purely cultural or like also maybe a little bit biological, this thing of I need a man to give me this kind of family life that I've always wanted or give me babies specifically. Um, yeah. <laughs> so what else do I want to ask you, Eva? Mm. So what's, what do you feel like in terms of where you're at currently? Like how, how would you say that you um, like feel inside yourself now? Like how would you describe where you're at now in terms of your sexuality, your gender, all mm. of that stuff? So Right now, in this moment, I'm feeling very, very gay. And I've just, like, I know you were saying the other day, it's kind of like the pendulum had to do this big swing. And it's like, Mm. you know, I went so long of just being in this very, like, heteronormative mindset to now being like, oh, I can fully play into this and I can Mm. fully absorb myself in that and see how it feels. Mm. And, yeah, I guess that's the space that I'm in right now. And in terms of like gender this is something that's like also really playing on my mind the more i'm like kind of questioning beliefs and removing certain labels and um feeling that fluidity that is available i'm like i'm not sure and it's something that i'm kind of uncovering so Mm -hmm. it's like at this moment i'm like yes i identify as a woman and you know 
you can reference me as she and her, but yeah, I'm starting to like play around with how like terms like they and them would feel instead because Mm. yeah, I'm starting to feel the limitations that I'm putting on my identity Mm. with certain labels and kind of what feels comfortable. And I would really like to expand out of that and to explore just what is possible really. Mm. Yeah. Totally. Could you tell me more about this whole no labels thing? <laughs> so I feel like I, I don't want to attach myself to a label around my sexuality. Um, I've tried to feel into certain labels and nothing really feels quite right. Like it just mm-hmm. doesn't encapsulate the feeling of me. And when I think about it, I'm like, why why do we have the labels in the first place? It's Mm -hmm. like people are trying to break away from this one label and then they're just moving to another label. And I see how that's really beautiful and it allows people to um, really claim their desires and Mm -hmm. their space in this world. But I'm like, we probably just don't need them altogether. And Mm -hmm. really it could just be limiting us in seeing ourselves as this certain way or this certain way. So if I remove that, it just, it's giving me more sense of like fluidity, like whatever's alive, whatever's true for me in each moment, I can flow with that. Mm -hmm. And then I guess same with like gender expression, like however that looks for me and however that feels for me, it's just um, going with that in each and every moment. And Yeah. yeah, I had a friend ask me the other day, she's like, so would you call yourself non-binary? I'm like, I don't know. <laughs> There's so many things like in my brain right now and on my heart. And yeah. yeah, I'm just kind of taking it as it comes and finding what feels good and seeing if I even need to have that label there. And maybe mm. it just is. And that's great. And it's like, I have been talking to people about how I've taken like masculine and feminine energy terms out of my work completely Mm -hmm. and I've had a lot of people question that and when I really feel into it I'm like well I just don't actually feel that there needs to be that distinct separation like Mm -hmm. energy is so fluid naturally and it's constantly ebbing and flowing and if we attach to a certain label and a certain way of how that looks we're kind of just limiting ourselves and limiting our expression Mm. And people really get attached to these labels of being like, oh, I'm too in my feminine or I'm too in my masculine. And then they kind of Mm. like shame themselves for it. And then it's like in um, intimate, like relating dynamics, it's kind of like, oh, you have to hold the masculine pole and I have to hold the feminine pole because there needs to be polarity. And again, that's just kind of limiting us so much with the natural like Mm. fluidity that is available. Yeah. I'm like, "Mm, well, how does life look just removing all of these labels? And to me, it feels great. It feels good and it feels expansive. And like I have more, more room to play, really. Mm, it's yeah. like I don't, I don't feel the need to intellectualize something that doesn't actually need intellectualizing and need certain labels. I think for some people, it is really helpful to mm. go into that. And for me, for a little while, it did help me to kind of see maybe areas where I was out of balance, but I'm like, okay, well, my whole work is revolved around making people feel whole as they are. 
Mm. So why am I kind of doing this separation and then, you know, breaking things down and people being like, Oh, well, I'm not this, I'm not enough. I'm not this, not this. Mm. And I'm like, how can I just bring that all back together to feel that sense of wholeness? And if, you know, underneath masculine and feminine, those terms, it's just, there's just qualities. And I'm like, instead, can I just speak to a specific quality related to someone else or related to me? Mm-hmm. And for me, that feels so much better. And it feels more direct and clean and clear and not needing to kind of play into those terms that are still quite heteronormative as people do relate to them as man and woman mm-hmm. instead of masculine and feminine. Yeah. And that's how they're often depicted, right? It's like yeah. in, in, you know, images illustrations of the divine union you've got like yeah. a man and a woman wearing a headdress <laughs> cool, I'm sure like, you've seen Shakti, it. Shiva energy yeah. yeah yeah um yeah and I guess uh, my sense is that like in times gone by it's been a helpful way to think about it um because of the the more traditional roles that we've played in, in our in gender expression but um, I feel like we're shifting out of that now or, or we're shifting out of the need for that now. And also people are, yeah, able to choose more about what, how they are in the world, what role they play. We're not really limited to our biology in that sense. Like, you know, if you're born female, you don't have to, you're not expected to like grow up and have babies and like play the role of the wife in the family. And I think that's like a lot of where that stuff has come from. And then the other thought I had around that is like, it's, it's interesting for me, like personally, cause I've been working with a coach for a while who um, works a lot with the quote unquote feminine, but my experience of the feminine through her work has been totally different to my experience of the feminine in other bodies of work. And what I've sort of felt for myself, at least interestingly enough, like the more I connect with her version of the feminine, which to me, it feels more like, what's innate to my being like the truth the isness the nature almost Mm. like the more that has actually come up and through me the more like masculine I felt in a way like the more those those kind of qualities of masculine in terms of expression has felt more natural which has been very like contradictory to what you you might imagine I become less feminine by embracing the feminine (laughs) (laughs) And like, I'm like, oh, the natural way of being for me is like way more gender fluid and probably a little more masculine than feminine on term, in terms of like that um, like expression, you know, like long hair versus short hair or like direct versus sort of like feely. Mm, yeah. <laughs> um, so, yeah, I just think it's, it's for me at least it's just not like the full picture and also it's very confusing for people like the language in itself i just i what i'm feeling is like i see a lot of conversations around these these qualities or these energies and it's like people don't even really know what they're talking about yeah or like two people are talking and i'm like you guys are talking about different things right now like could we first get clear on the definition of what you're talking about and then we can talk about it and also people have a lot of innate bias or even trauma or like strong feelings around masculine and feminine, especially if you are someone who is queer or um, has experienced some kind of like, you know, maybe you grew up as a really feminine boy 
like you're going to have associations around that word that, um, you know, other people might not. So there's innate, I see innate problems with that language in general. And I agree. I think we could do better. (laughs) Yeah. And I feel like it's just getting so misconstrued from like the original kind of reason why these terms came in. Yeah. And now people are using it as a way to shame others or shame themselves for not being like enough or not meeting these standards. And it's like, yeah. I saw a post the other day and it was basically just playing into this kind of like, Oh, this is what masculine is. And this is what it isn't. Mm-hmm. And it's like playing into this role of being like, Oh, this is toxic masculinity. And mm-hmm. I see it all the time with like toxic femininity, toxic, toxic masculinity, toxic relationships. Mm. And yeah, this is something that I was talking about on my social media the the other day, just the kind of feeling behind this word, like Mm. toxic and how it is the vibration of the word just feels disgusting. And it's like, Mm. we're using it as a way to kind of shame ourselves and shame other people. Mm. And yeah, it's like kind of counterintuitive. It's like, you know, you're saying you're, focusing on these things to make you feel like whole, but then you're kind of like shaming yourself and being like, well, I'm not whole because of this. Instead of using that awareness to kind of show more compassion and acceptance and love for who you are in all of your expressions. And then I'm also seeing a lot um, of people, you know, who do kind of feminine embodiment work. There's this, uh, there's this kind of image that they're painting of what the feminine is. Mm. and it's being like oh she wears like flowy dresses and she (laughs) um is always like dancey and floating everywhere and Mm -hmm. um you know she she says this and she speaks like this and she does these things and it's kind Mm -hmm. of like attaching to a personality um and then giving this warped perception of what the I guess the feminine is and it's like the feminine is just um, qualities and it's uh, it's a state of feeling. It has nothing to do with like image. Um, so, yeah, I just feel like there's been so much of, of a mind fuck with like using this language and the labels and yeah. people's attachment to them. And like you said, it's so like reflective of people's individual experiences and wounding coming into it. Yeah. So I'm like, well, it feels better in my life to just remove it completely and to speak directly to feelings and qualities, especially if I want to be working with someone and transmitting a thing to someone, Mm -hmm. I will speak to how it feels in my body. And it's like, if I can just speak to the qualities and how it feels in my body, that's, that's enough. I don't have to label it something. Mm. Yeah. What, where do you think, or why do you think people get so fixated on this idea of masculine and feminine roles and things like that? I think it's just a way of people like playing uh, this, like fix it thing. It's like, they're feeling like they need to fix themselves and like, they're not enough. And yeah, like I said, it can be like, it can serve people in a lot of ways in you know, cultivating this inner union. But I'm kind of like, I just, I don't think that is needed at all. I don't think there needs to be a a union of self because you are in union always. It's like nothing to work on and nothing to work through. But people are like, oh, there's something wrong with me. There's something bad with me. I need to be more like this. 
Mm. And I'm like, well, can we bring that back in and show yourself just love and compassion for where you are? Every aspect of self, whether it's light or dark, like it's all beautiful. Mm. And then just work on cultivating some extra things that you want to bring into your life. Yeah. It just feels so much simpler and less complicated. And we don't get lost in the words and the terminology and the meaning of things. It's like Mm. we're coming back to that feeling of self, like how it feels in your body and how you want to feel in your body. Yeah. What comes to mind where you're speaking is like the ways that I know this has been true for me, but I just keep getting the same like image or thought of like, you know, people being very wanting to have connections, wanting to have sexual connections, wanting to have intimate connections and coming to like a tantra workshop to learn how to do that, (laughs) how to do that. Um, And then being like, you know, if they're in a male body being like, Oh, I should be more, like this, like more masculine. I'm doing a lot of air quotes here, guys. Um, masculine. <laughs> There's been so much going on this whole time. So much, so many hands. Um, <laughs> and then if you're in the f- female body and you're like, oh, your main desire coming in might be just like, oh, I really want to connect with people and feel desire, desired, feel desirous. And then you go, oh, I'm supposed to be more feminine. And then it becomes, yeah, like you're saying, you know, this thing of, oh, I'm, I'm meant to be this. Yeah. And I, I've been speaking to, as you know, like a few people doing these interviews and what I've realized through talking to both female bodied people and male bodied people is that it seems to me like each one of them has come into the world feeling naturally a certain way. Mm. And, um, and then at some stage along the way, and, and this really seems to relate a lot to queerness and people's sexuality and their sexual preferences, they were told like, hey, the way you're being is bad or like is problematic. Not enough. Yeah. Not enough. And especially, you know, I think it is harder for, for male-bodied humans in some ways because they're like, if they're feminine or they're flamboyant in their expression, you know, this like society has typically been like, hey, stop that. Um so I can see how this language and it really does tie into homophobia and internalized mm-hmm. thing of being like, Oh, you know, you shouldn't be like that. And I've definitely yeah. felt that like there was, it's been years actually, I've just been really in my quote unquote feminine expression. And then at a certain point um, through really diving into like the truth and through diving into what felt most natural to me, it just like burned up in a second. I was like, wait, I don't like a lot of how I've been expressing myself just isn't actually true to me. And I just wanted to fit into, yeah, I just wanted to fit in. I wanted to fit into the community I was in. I wanted to play the roles. I wanted to to be be relatable and yeah, to fit in these, this image that we're painted of what we're meant to be playing out. Absolutely. Yeah. And using that for promotion, using that for marketing. Oh, totally. Um, yeah. And not that I think all of it was innately fake or anything. It felt true in the moment, but I'm yeah. just seeing that like beneath that and through looking at my own history as well, like my own upbringing and everything that I received in my conditioning, I'm like, oh, okay. So this whole <laughs> feminine facade for me has been a bit of a like, hey, don't look too closely don't like, don't mm. see this very vulnerable part of myself that's actually really 
attracted to women. <laughs> like, don't look. If I just put up this beautiful facade, then maybe you won't see me. And that's really been, it's like strangely been all connected for me. So I'm curious if you have, have had a similar experience or like, yeah, if anything comes up for you around that. Yeah, well, as a child, I was actually um, more what I guess you could call like masculine. And I was like mm-hmm. such a tomboy. And I loved to go and catch tadpoles and like roll around in the mud and <laughs> hang out with boys. Like I loved it. I always wanted to be running around and getting messy and doing all of those things. And then my sister was like kind of showing me a different way who someone who loved to play with Barbie dolls and put on makeup and do all of these things. And I kind of shifted myself to want to fit in with her. I wanted to be relatable. I wanted to connect with her more. So I started doing things that she wanted to do. And I mean, Fast forward into my adulthood and teenage years, I see how that played out so much as well. Mm. Like this constant desire to like fit in and be one of the girls and to have girlfriends. And I would do certain things that just was kind of a form of self-abandonment and Mm. not like true to what I wanted to be doing. And yeah, it's kind of like I did shame myself for being very um, what you could call masculine um, for so long. And I went very deep into being like, okay, well, it's been shown to me that I need to be more feminine and this is the way I have to be. So I've been playing into that very deep for the last few years and um, I guess had this kind of story in my mind that to be desirable and to like attract a partner, I had to be in that feminine expression because Mm -hmm. I was looking for male partners because I was looking for a baby daddy. <laughs> and now I'm like, wow, okay, maybe that did serve me. Like, maybe that has served me because, you know, it's great to play into the opposite and like to play with this kind of duality. And, um, you know, I think it is great to kind of embrace your shadows and the things that you don't give expression. But I'm like, how much have I actually just been abandoning my true essence yeah. in pursuit of that? So it's really fun, like dating women now and like mm-hmm. being like, well, how do I want to express myself? Mm-hmm. Like how, what feels true? And again, I'm like, well, it doesn't need a, a label. It doesn't need an attachment. Like everything just is. And it's constantly ebbing and flowing. Mm-hmm. And the other day I had a friend ask me like, oh, so who's more masculine out of you and this woman you're dating? And I was like, neither, both. I don't know how to answer this because mm-hmm. I want to take that, language out of my reality completely mm-hmm. because it's like you know underneath that is just this kind of energy that's either more penetrative or more receptive mm-hmm. and I'm like that can change at any given moment mm-hmm. and it's constantly flowing like that but I guess we get so fixated in our mind of being like oh well I have to be surrendered and open and receptive for them to mm-hmm. like be penetrative and then we kind of attach to that and then we don't let ourselves actually play with the fluidity that's naturally there yeah for sure oh so many so many feelings (laughs) (laughs) um yeah it's even interesting for me because i've had i've done two interviews with male body people and now this is you're my second female bodied 
person that I've been interviewing. I'm so nervous with women. It's so funny. Like I'm just, I just want to share with everybody. <laughs> I just feel very like, oh my God, like it's so funny. <laughs> my experience of it is just very, very different. And and I guess I bring it up only because we're talking about this whole like polarity dynamic and mm. it's it's feeling really nice like hearing you speak about like how taking those words out and whether that's in like a client practitioner context or yeah. in like you know two people dating what a relief like to just drop what i'm seeing is like drop that layer deeper beneath the these top layer ideas and just sit with like well what feels truest what's oh, real. Been, yeah. yeah what's real and and that's really been like a big question i constantly have been asking myself recently and big part of my practice at the moment is like yeah what's true here what's most honest what's most real what's most authentic and and then you just get to play yeah yeah it's like <laughs> yeah like a lot of teachings like if I speak specifically to like tantric teachings um mm. Gave me this another layer of conditioning, I guess, in believing that things had to be the way that they were um, shown to me. But I'm like, actually, I can be more discerning and I can feel what's true for me. And, you know, I can take that into account and I can have more awareness about certain things. But I'm like, well, what actually feels true in my body? Mm. And I, I mean, a lot of people could probably relate to this in being like, um, yeah, it's like shown to them like, oh, this is how things are and this is the way that things play out and not really taking the time to question that and to question their own unique truth. And that's kind of where I'm at right now in this space of being like, well, what's true for me? Like I don't actually have to attach to any person's version of truth. I only have to follow my own. And yeah, in this moment, that's what feels best for me really. Mm, and cel- yeah. celebrating you celebrating yeah, you thanks. in this <laughs> <laughs> and I've had you know people that have like attended my um my recent course that I did I was so open about all of this with them and mm. um clients that I've had and every single person has received it so well mm-hmm. and has been like that actually feels so good mm. and it feels really true and like you know people were sharing with me that they really admire my devotion to truth and giving people that permission to find their own truth. Mm. And I'm like, yeah, I could teach you certain things and um, speak about my individual experience and my individual expression, but it's always going to be different for every individual person and take what resonates and leave what doesn't just Mm. continuously check in with yourself and feel what is most true. Yeah. 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 Beautiful. Um, Cool. <laughs> oh Eva. Um where to from here? Hmm. Yeah, I'm feeling to ask you share a little bit more on the work that you do and why you do it Mm -hmm. so yeah I initially started kind of doing um 
energy healing. And then I soon realized that I didn't want to just be this person that people came to for healing maybe mm. once a month and then went off and continuously did the exact same things that would just get them into the exact same circumstance again. Mm. And I was like, okay, this isn't really the fullness of what I want to do. I want to actually guide people in knowing how to heal themselves and to implement different things into their life, which will support their physical, emotional, and, you know, spiritual, energetic well-being. So I started kind of just showing people how to become more in tune with their body and with sensations and with energy and to learn how to give their emotions expression so that they didn't then have all of these energetic blocks in their system and they come to me and they'd be like, fix me. Mm. So it felt really good just to naturally kind of implement things that I had learned through, um, yeah, different teachers and then things that I had implemented in my own life and to see the flow on effect of that was just incredible. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, I don't want to be this kind of big teacher or healer where people feel like they need to come to me all the time. Like I don't want this kind of codependent dynamic playing out. I want mm -hmm. to give people actual tools to not need to see me again. <laughs> yeah. And yeah, it's kind of like every single offering that I've had has had this same kind of thread of me just um, showing people how they can do it for themselves and giving their power back to them and not being like, oh, you have to come to me and I'm going to be the one to save you. It's like, no, I'm putting this back in your hands and showing you that, yeah, you, you are your greatest healer and no one is going to know your truth better than you. And it's just a constant kind of like reminder and then it's like zooming out from that. It's like, I love supporting people with, um, you know, feeling confident in their bodies. Um, I suffered with like body dysmorphia for so, so many years and hated the way that I looked. And I'm like, you know, so devoted to showing people the divinity that's that's them to see themselves as this like divine being as as god as essence and i'm like okay well your body is also a part of that mm -hmm. like your body is the vessel that is carrying this divine soul and why are you spending your whole life shaming it and spending your whole life trying to change it instead of coming to acceptance and love and not just love but like full devotion to that part of self and then I flow into doing work around um, showing people how to balance their hormones and their, um, how to live their life with understanding for their natural cycles, um, you know, if they have a menstrual cycle or even just to live in tune with the cycles of the moon and like the seasons that come and go with that and to really show compassion and understanding for the times where they're you know, more yin all the times where they're more yang, um, this slowness and then this fast paced um, way of living. And yeah, I feel like my work just goes in so many different directions because it's all tailored to the individual that I'm working with. Mm 
mm. and tuning into what's most alive in their world and what is um, what has been neglected and what they they could work on. So, yeah, that's why I kind of shifted into just doing intuitive guidance and um, feeling what's alive in someone's physical, energetic, emotional body and then moving from that place. And, yeah, that's what feels best for me and how I can be the best support to each individual that I see. And even in my group containers, it's like, and my workshops, circles, everything that I do is all led intuitively because mm. I'm like, I want to feel what is most present with the energy there and move from that place because I know that's what's going to be best received. So I've learned to just fully <laughs> surrender and trust to this knowing that it's always going to work out to be exactly how I want it to be mm. um, because it will have that feeling it'll have the deep rooted feeling um, of what I want to transmit through and it can look so different, but the feeling's still there. Mm. Yeah. I'm noticing this very common thread d- in what you're saying, but also like in other, pe- with other people I've spoken to just this like general movement towards fluidity. Yeah. <laughs> and intuition and listening and receptivity um, which all arguably could be considered traits of the quote unquote feminine. <laughs> but if we take that out, it, it's just that it's like, it's fluidity, it's freedom. You could call it. Um, and cr- true Aquarian nature. Like indeed. Needing this freedom. <laughs> I mean, I, I, I know you're an Aquarius sun. I'm an Aquarius moon. Um, for those who are interested in astrology, hello. <laughs> I'm not interested in astrology. I'm sorry. I'm not sorry. Um, so I know we are actually heading towards the Aquarian age. Yeah. It's December. We officially click over. So it actually Ooh. just surprised me that we're, we're really exploring these themes at the moment of like fluidity and and equality and freedom. And I mean, to me, that is Aquarian. And I, I, I imagine that's why partly why these are things that you really stand for. Do you, do you relate to your astrology at all? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, totally. Um, I mean, I didn't for a long time um, until my best friend, um, well, before we even became friends, she just randomly, um, we were following each other on Instagram. She's like, Hey, do you want an astrology reading? I'm like for free. And she's like, yeah, my guides are telling me to do an astrology reading for you. I was like, okay. Mm -hmm. Um, And then it just like opened up this whole like bag of being like, Oh, there's this part of myself and this part of myself and this part of myself. Mm -hmm. And yeah, when it really got broken down into looking at the planets and the houses and things like that, Mm -hmm. it made way more sense than just looking at my sun sign. Yes. Um, but I do have a lot of Aquarius in my chart. Yeah. So I'm seeing the kind of ways of my life where that comes in. And it is like super, super relevant um, because I'm huge on just like, you know, I've got this humanitarian side mm-hmm. and I've got this um, real desire for like freedom and individuality and like mm-hmm. free expression. And um, yeah, that very much kind of comes out in so many different areas and I'm so big on connection and community as well. And I feel like, you know, that is a real big thread for, you know, 
Aquarians and this um, Aquarian age that we're moving into. It's yeah. like this time of collaboration and community and um, working together instead of competing. And yeah, mm -hmm. it really, really excites me moving into that. Me too. Me too. Mm -hmm. I know we've talked about having similar dreams of like living on the land and community together and yeah, the fluidity that comes with that. And oh, it just makes me so excited. <laughs> yeah. And it's like, so if we go back to like earlier in the conversation, how we were talking mm -hmm. about how we box ourselves in being like, oh, I've been this way, but now I need to be more like this mm -hmm. because that's what's being portrayed to us. I'm like, well, can we just come back to our own original unique essence and the things that we're actually innately good at instead of trying to be everything for everyone? Right. We can come back to what is actually true for us and the mm -hmm. things that we're naturally great at and we can live in community and have this beautiful level of interdependence Mm -hmm. people can fully just nestle into their unique essence and their unique expression of self and the, to do the things that they actually really love to do. And yeah. it will flow so much more harmoniously in community like that. Yes. I feel that. I feel that a lot. And I'm seeing how that's why we're also being, I, I perceive that we're being pointed inwards. Like we're really shifting the focus from being like, oh, this is what the world needs me to be into, you know, what do I actually, who am I from within myself? And cause that's really the only way that that works. And um, yeah, a lot of the work that I've been doing and that you're doing and, you know, other people we know are doing is really about breaking down those external pressures and structures and expectations and bringing it all back in. And I mean, I couldn't be more of a fan of that whole process. <laughs> I think it's <laughs> fucking cool. And that's why I do it with people. Um, and it just excites me so much to see, to see that moment where, um, I don't know if this is your experience as well, but I just love that moment of someone realizing that something that they've thought is true, that causes them a lot of pain suddenly they go like, Oh wait, that's not me or that's not true or that's not native to me. And then that they reclaim that like part of themselves that they're like, Oh, this is me. And it's undeniable. It's like, this is obviously me. It feels like me. It's exciting to me. It feels so good in my body. And uh, there's like few better feelings than that. Totally. And yeah. yeah, I mean, that was very much my experience with this six week online course that I just ran called you are divine mm -hmm. and people kind of I guess came in with this idea of what it was going to be like and mm -hmm. kind of trying to be more of something else but really it just gave people this full permission to go into who they are and to like work through all of these conditioned beliefs and these stories that they had been telling themselves mm -hmm. and to work through those layers of kind of trauma and then to come back to like what is real. And it's just this like yeah. big sigh out in being like, oh, fuck, mm. I can be this and this is perfect. Mm. And I don't actually have to try and be someone that I'm not because that's just exhausting and it doesn't serve anyone. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> so if people want to find you, Eva, uh, firstly, like 
what are you offering at the moment if people want to work with you and then how will people find you? I'll also put your links down in the place where they go. Um, <laughs> yeah. So I offer intuitive guidance sessions one-on-one and I do uh, inner child healing sessions as well because um, that's something that I've noticed like underneath the kind of masculine and feminine things, like mm-hmm. what feels most true for me is coming back to the inner child within Mm-hmm. and to be doing healing work around the wounding that's there. Mm-hmm. Um, and I guess for a long time I was kind of like, oh, this is the inner father and this is the inner mother, but I'm like, that no longer resonates. And it's mm-hmm. like, you know, you have yourself, which is the the parent, the one single parent mm-hmm. looking after this um, emotional wounded part of self. Mm-hmm. So the um, inner child sessions are just really journeying into that and seeing what's alive there and what wants Mm to be worked through from a very gentle, compassionate place, not this place of being like, I am a shit person and I need Mm -hmm. to change myself. And then I offer full moon circles, um, which I guess can't even really call them like full moon circles because they're not really sister circles as per se. Like I I facilitate um, like a journey and it's all intuitive based depending on what's happening astrologically and what feels alive in the energy of the room or on the beach because I love to do them on the beach in summer. So that happens mm-hmm. in southwest Perth, like anyone that's in Perth, like around Rockingham area. And I run the occasional workshop and retreat and things like that. Um, My next offering will be another round of this six-week course that I was talking about, You Were Divine, Um, Mm. because the essence of that still feels super true for me and super alive for me. So I'm really excited to run another round of that. But people can find all of this on my website, which is just um, evasumpta.com. And yeah, I'm very active on Instagram. So I post a lot of content on there, um, which is just Eva Sumter, super easy. Um, And then I do have a business page on Facebook, but I feel like Facebook's very outdated. (laughs) (laughs) But it is, it is great because I do post um, my events on there as well. So if that's somewhere that you go to find events and stuff, follow my business page and I post everything on there because I do also have a community group for people in Perth um, for female people, anyone who um, identifies as female, as a woman, to be a part of the group. And I run community events. So as well as my circles every month, I do free community meetups where we do fun things like go hiking and do clothes swaps and have picnics Mm. and stuff like that just to really have that deep meaningful connection outside of a workshop space Mm. because again I love connection and (laughs) (laughs) amazing so if people want to be added to that group just let me know if you're in Perth awesome thank you Eva this has been very enlightening very interesting Mm. thank you it's been fun Mm.